Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome everyone back to another episode of Kimboology. This week, it's a bonus episode. Burr, 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 burr. Uh, so this week, I was a guest on the Black Mind Chronicles, and I was a guest with another sex worker. Her name was Fierce. This was an awesome, awesome episode that I wanted to showcase for this week. And next week, I'll be back with another fresh episode. So this week, enjoy, guys. It's another bonus episode. So enjoy. Take it away, Chase. In today's show we're going to have a discussion over a certain population of our black women. They go through so much in their daily lives and are taken advantage of, and their stresses and mental well-being is often overlooked due to the nature of their jobs. There are unseen stresses and issues behind all the glitter and lights. So let's dive into the lives and mindsets of a stripper and a pole dancer to talk about what leads them to pole dancing or stripping, their family's reactions benefits from pole dancing and stripping, the differences in the income, and funny stories that they may have along the way. My guests for this show are Kimbo, who is from Chicago, with a bachelor's in fine arts and focused in fashion design. She's pursuing her passion of acting, and she's a pole dancer and aerialist and has competed in many pole dancing competitions, both nationally and internationally, and featured in shows such as Chicago PD on NBC and Southside on HBO Max. She is also the host of Kimbology Podcast, which focuses on transparency and how to be enlightened in today's world. She has segments called Meditate, Masturbate, and Medicate, and Sexy Sustainability. My next guest is Fierce. She's a dancer, sex worker, black activist, co-host of Pay to Play Podcast based in Chicago, and subject and dilemma of desire documentary. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Kimbo and Fierce. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. All right, look, I know it's been a long week, but we've been working on getting this thing up for almost a month now, so I'm excited for it. Lots of planning. Right. Yes, lots of plotting. <laughs> all right, all right. I love to plot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so ladies, let's dive into the topic. So I want to start with, honestly, just pole dancing. So how long have you been pole dancing slash stripping? Kimbo, I'll start with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, so um, my name is Kimbo. Um, I've been a pole dancer for seven years. Um, and I also was in the pole dance instructor. Um, I taught pole and I also competed in competitions around the world. I've been in performances and I've also been in TV shows such as like Chase has said, Empire, uh, I've been on Empire, but I've also been on Southside and then I've been on um, Chicago PD as well. So yeah, pole okay. dancing is great. Seven years. Wow. All right. Um, so I have, I stripped for five years. Um, I started dancing in college just to make ends meet. Um, and then I started travel dancing really hard in my second, second, two and a half years in. Um, and then I eventually started dancing um, and had danced in 17 clubs in six states. By the time I um, got to this point where I'm officially retired. I just cleaned out my locker at my home club okay. last week. 
Wow. Congratulations on the retirement. Yes. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Hug up my heels, but not really. I have a pole in my house. Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a longevity between both of you all. Yeah, Kimbo, when you first told me that pole dancing was a sport and competition, I, I, I kind of looked sideways. Like, I did not know that. <laughs> I've only, yeah, I've only Chase, seen pole dancing Chase in the club. Chase was like, what? <laughs> He's like, uh, people are performing on a pole? Them girls are acrobats. Acrobats. Listen, we train hard. We practice hard. Mm -hmm. Um, There are like, yeah, there's like competitions like all over the world. There's like international ones and then the local ones here. There's a a nationals ones. And there was one that was in, um, I was in a category that was in St. Louis. And I drove down there and I competed. Um, I think I had nine in my category and I took first place. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah, it was for an artistic category. So that was cool. But um, wow, wow, wow. yeah, I have to, I'll just show you, Chase, because I don't think you've seen it. So um, my, comp- my competition piece. But yeah, I mean, pole dancing. Yes, Fierce, you haven't seen it? Okay, I'll have to send it to you too. Yes. So yeah, before, I mean, um, I wanted to also say like me and Fierce know each other, but we also know each other. Um, in the industry of, you know, pole dancing and stripping. But um, we actually d- did a performance together. Me and her worked uh, for the Snoop Dogg concert That's together. Right. Yeah, we performed <laughs> together at Snoop Dogg's concert. We shared a pole at one point, did doubles tricks. It was yes. very fun. One she of my did the surfboard memories. trick on me, the yes. surfboard. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I saw that video. That was some acrobats. That The upper body strength. It looked like it took to do that. I, I commend both of you. Oh, no, it, it takes all the no. all the upper body strength you think it can, takes. <laughs> yeah. and more. The pole burn, though, is what nobody talks about, mm-hmm. but it's the worst part. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I seen, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, and I, you I know what? Imagine. Like, not, I mean, Fierce, you mentioned kind of like your retirement with, um, um, with stripping, but like I recently, I guess I could say like I haven't, I don't teach pole anymore. I used to. Um, and so it's been like, you know, during COVID and everything like that, I took a break and it's like, I want to focus on acting in my podcast, but mm-hmm. I've been scared to like jump back on and do those tricks that I used to do. Cause it's like the pole burn's going to come back. Oh my God. No, I'm not girl. Ready. I've been scared to invert. <laughs> same. Oh my God. Same. I did For a show the other day and I was like, yay. But girl, inverting. For clarification, inverting is when you like put your put your legs above your head on the pole. Yeah. Um, You're upside just, down. Okay. Everything okay. about pole work involves like you trusting yourself and your strength in order to keep yourself up on the pole. Yeah, no. I don't currently trust myself <laughs> and my strength to go invert on the pole right now. I'm trying to get back though. I'm trying Same to work girl. my way up. I bought like Same. I bought some pole classes from this stripper that I know on the internet. Okay. And cute. I'm like about to hop back in there and start getting back up there because it's still like a an art form. Yeah. So I want to continue to like be able to express myself in that way. I'm just out of practice and out of shape. Same. <laughs> Same. Look, COVID, COVID has affected us all in, in certain yes. ways. So I, I put yeah. on a couple of pounds that I did not need to have on. So yeah, yeah, I, I could barely hop up a pole, let alone walk up some stairs right now. So hold on. Chase, we'll have to teach you some things on the pole. You know what I'm saying? I I'll, do, I'll do, it, do it for the weight loss. Do it for the weight loss. <laughs> You'll be up there doing all the professional shit by the end of this episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna charge myself to do He'll it. Learn Let's go. Pole by osmosis. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> you will go upside down. <laughs> no, but seriously though, mm-hmm. men have like. 
natural upper body strength that women like we have to work really hard mm-hmm. to build up our upper body strength because like you know our women's our bodies our physiques like our you know we're, we're different we're right. made differently right. than y'all right. okay right. so it would really piss me off or like i trained <laughs> for years right to like go upside down do shoulder mounts and then here comes my partner just like what is this a pole oh okay and he just like does a fucking shoulder mount like nothing right. or like does a flag with that like by like nothing i was like this is some bullshit <laughs> i have two things about men men doing like like these type of things. Mm-hmm. First thing is I used to be a cheerleader. And that was a big thing when we had boy cheerleaders. We would get boys who had never cheered in their lives, never done any like any type of tumbling whatsoever. And these boys would come in, the coach would be like, hey, try and do a back like try and do a backflip. And they'd be like, oh, and just throw it. Oh, like, come on. I've been practicing <laughs> this for a past year. Excuse me? And like they were just they're just naturally like way stronger than us. They have like more more bounce or whatever. But then the other thing is like boys on pole, like really a lot of them are like very, very good. But several times pole in my house play with boys that are my friends. Mm-hmm. The pole has come in undone from the ceiling and it has been oh, a disaster no. <laughs> it has been a disaster oh, it's just shit. like i have one guy friend in particular who cannot touch poles anymore because he has he has taken down poles at more than one of my oh friends shit houses. you're like baby i know you want to get on there i know you do that's you not cannot good. get on the pole <laughs> oh my god <laughs> he tries yeah. hard but he's got too much He's got too much momentum. He's just yeah, that shit too off. powerful. <laughs> yeah, so Chase, a lot of the mm-hmm. like a lot of us pole dancers and strippers and things, we have our own poles at our house, mm-hmm. and they're pressure mounted. So there's like a like a pressure mounted top and like the bottom. So like, if you fuck, you can fuck up. Like my friend yeah. fucked up her 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 ceiling because yeah. if you don't pressure mount it and where like the studs are like we're yeah. like you know, in the right spot, that shit will go right through. Or if it comes undone by somebody like swinging too hard and then you know i'm sure you've seen crazy videos yeah, yeah. on the internet I, I was wondering how oh. they attach those to the ceilings on the floor i'm like is it just it's a tension. is it just a mount is yeah. it drills or? pressure mounted yeah wow. okay you yeah. literally just twist it until yeah. it's like enough yeah <laughs> and then you, you know, just it might you not just hope it's enough, enough. right and, <laughs> and if you have it on a stud at least it won't go through your ceiling if you mm-hmm. don't yeah. have it on a stud it will go through your ceiling Okay. Yes. yes. He never knew. The more I know. It's a dangerous sport. <laughs> so speaking of dangerous sports, so we had an incident actually, I think maybe a few months back here in the Dallas area where there's a stripper who was at the club, of course, on the pole and she fell from the top of the pole and hit her face. I think she broke oh, her jaw. Oh, yeah. I she got up. She was kept famous. dancing. Yeah. yeah. So two questions came to mind. One, how did she get back up like that? And two, is there pole such thing as pole safety? Like what the what happened? Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah. First of all, she fucked her face up. Yeah. She yeah. I saw fucked that. her face up. I remember <laughs> she had to do a GoFundMe. It was like yeah. a whole thing. Mm-hmm. She had her jaw her jaw wired shut. Yeah. Ooh. Like yeah. she fucked her. Yeah. She fell from like two stories high yeah. in that club. The club, the pole was so so high. Oh my god, I can't. You just and then she just got up and started twerking. She well, that's the thing though. Strippers are consummate performers. We have to keep dancing no matter what. I have to be able to make anything sexy. I go on stage and I have to be able to make any song, even if I hate it, even if it's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life, sexy. So like that's our job. We're like we're the entertainment. Everybody's eyes are on you when you're up on stage. 
So it becomes instinctual. It's like kind of like a uh, theater. Like they're mm-hmm. just like, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like instead of acknowledging that you messed up, oftentimes if you keep dancing, most people don't notice. Most people don't have the skill to notice you messed up. Yeah. Granted, we all know that girl fell two stories. She Shedage fell, fell two stories. <laughs> right. But I have had friends who were like fallen off stage, landed in the splits, and then just sexually rolled back onto the stage. <laughs> and like nothing happened. Ta-da! <laughs> like just acting like nothing happened. I have had my shoe fly off and hit a customer in the face, and then I did break character because I was worried that dude had his face <laughs> fucked up. Oh, um, but like generally speaking, when you're on stage and like you do something where you like trip or fall or whatever, mm. you just roll with it. So like, there's been times where I, my shoe's gone one way and I've gone the other, and I was just like, "And we're on the floor now. I, okay, we're yeah. rolling." <laughs> <laughs> Being a stripper doesn't, it's, it's not it's easy. It's not easy it's money. It's really hard. <laughs> like if you mentally can put yourself into the place of these women that are out there and exposing themselves and showing their vulnerable vulnerability, right? It takes a very strong mind to handle that. Right. I mean, the stories that I've heard from my friends of like the situations they were in with these s- disgusting men that are just like drunk off their asses and mm-hmm. they're treating them like fucking shit. Like I would punch people in the fucking face. Like I can't. I, I mean, don't have. I'm not strong enough. <laughs> well, like, I have I, been violent in a strip club. I'm really. <laughs> um, but I will say that like there's just like a certain type of man that comes into a strip club specifically. I, it feels like to me to like it to like live out his like revenge fantasy on like all the pretty girls that have ignored his advances his entire life and rejected him. Like there are dudes who will come into the strip club with their like nose in the air. Like everyone in here is ugly and like they'll reject every girl that comes up to them. And the one girl they might talk to, he's telling her he's talking shit about Every girl, every girl, he's like, why would they even let a girl like that work? Wow. Yeah, so what go like, in? I've, I've had guys in? say that to wow. me on every club I've ever worked at. I have had guys say that to me. And it's just like, yo, like, that girl's my coworker. I don't know you. Right. <laughs> You're like, that's my bitch. What the yeah, fuck like, are you Yeah, like, Loki, that, like, high key, that's my friend. And, like, right. you should shut up. <laughs> but, yeah, like, dudes will come in and they'll, like, come in just to shit on girls. You have to take, like, so much rejection so much rejection sometimes you take sometimes you get the opposite you're not getting rejected but the dude is like super into you while simultaneously being like so so terrible to interact with mm-hmm. you're just like cool he's paying me but he's so awful and like there's just so many there's so many things that like strippers deal with like it, it'd be one thing if you could just walk in and be a bad bitch and make money but that's like that's the rare nights. There are rare nights where you walk in the club and money is just coming out of your ears. Those <laughs> nights do happen, but there are way more nights where you walk in the club and you're like, it's trash in here. And you work hard for every single dollar that you have to make and you have mm-hmm. to hustle it. And it's not just like, Oh, go up to this guy, sit on his lap. Oh, you want to lap dance? Because he wants to like get to know you right, and right, have a right. drink and like, talk about his like, go get to know your your wife at home no literally and it's the amount of you do like a lot of emotional mm. labor which is the type of labor that women often do for men that is never compensated mm. so like you try to get dudes to pay you because you've done so much emotional labor to right. like try and get them to and it's just you have to have like a million of the same conversation every night you're like oh hey what's up like 
what do you do for fun? Like, where are you from? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I've been there. And then you like, you try to like make banter. A lot of dudes aren't super social mm-hmm. or not a lot of dudes, but some of the dudes you interact with aren't super social. So you're literally carrying the entire conversation. That is some <laughs> work. Like, I can see that. That's some it work. Is, it's, it's just acting. Like, it really it, is. Because <laughs> you're, you're an entertainer. You're an yeah. entertainer. It's not just stage. You're also like, you're the party. You're yeah. the one who makes, you're the one who's going to make him be like, I'm enjoying myself so much. I want to spend $300. Yep. Like you have to get him to the point where he's like, I'm having such a great time. I'm definitely going to spend that. That's, that sounds like a great amount of money to have the time I'm having. Yep. But like, you have to talk him into paying you for that. You have to, you have to show him that you're the type of girl he would want to pay that. You have to act like, you're cool with him wasting your time until you get him to pay that. (laughs) You have to be so, so, so patient in order to like do it. And like, and then you have to deal with the fact that like, so like so many people will come in and they'll be like at their worst because they're drunk. Mm -hmm. Like they're acting like fools because they're drunk. And like, it's just, it's a lot. It takes a lot of like mental fortitude and it's like also it's shitty to do when you have mental fortitude and like, a lot of times girls will come into the industry and they don't have like the self-esteem or like the thick enough skin for it. And the industry eats those girls alive. I believe it. (laughs) Eats those girls alive. Cause like, if you're, if you come in like seeking validation Mm -hmm. per se, it's just for every guy who's like, you're the most beautiful girl in the world. There are 10 dudes who are like, I don't want to dance. No, thank you. I'm just drinking right now. I'm just watching the show. (laughs) So you have to so many dudes. Everything you're saying just sounds like sales 101 to me. Like you can't take take the nose personally. You got to keep rolling And then like literally that's like when people think that like, oh, I'm just going to like go and be a stripper. Like people don't realize like that's fucking hard. And like for me in my mental state, like Mm -hmm. I, for me and like I'm a Taurus and I'm very sensitive, believe it or not, in a sense, people don't know me like that. Like I will, I hate the rejection process right so yes and the thing is like you're naked or half naked right and these men are literally looking at your body and saying no i don't want yes so that fucks with you so real so it fucks with you all the time and it's like and i'm an actor and like I have to audition all over and over and over again. Right. So I have to deal with, and that's the thing that I've had to work through with therapy is like Mm -hmm. dealing with my rejection and like how difficult it is for me. But when it comes to acting, it's like, okay, well maybe that I wasn't tall enough Mm -hmm. or the right hair color. Like it could be as minimal as things like that. It doesn't have to be like, wow, your fucking tits are not big enough or wow. You know what I'm saying? Your face isn't pretty enough or wow. You know, like your ass needs, you need your stomach. You need to get liposuction because you're too fat or like those right there. It's like to a woman, it's like, wow. Like to get that, to get that over and over again throughout one night, you have to have the fucking men, like your mind has to be so fucking strong. And like you just said, and then like the women that are just hustlers that like, get in there and like I went to my friend's job when she was in Australia. I went to visit my friends at work when they were mm-hmm. dancing and I would just watch my homegirl just be out there like, okay, Kim, oh, there's a guy right there. Like, I'll be right back. And then they'd, she'd be like, hey, ba- hey, daddy. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, oh, you, do you want to dance? And then he'd be like, nah. And she's like, okay. She'd go right to the next guy and be like, yeah, daddy, do you want to dance? Like, I'm like, bitch, damn. Like, how the fuck? She's like, girl, I gotta make money. Right. Like, I'm not here to play. Right. Uh, and that would do nothing. It go, would not phase her at go. all. You literally have to talk to like hundreds of dudes. Well, it depends on, it depends on the club. Smaller right. country, you're not talking to 
hundreds of dudes in a night. Spearmint right. Rhino Vegas, you could literally talk to hundreds of people in a night and like just like you lo- like almost lose your voice from talking to so many people because wow. like it's smoking inside. But like it's crazy how like uh, it's crazy how you literally like have to be able to get over the fact that like you walk in and you're like, I did my makeup. I did my hair. I'm freshly shaved from head to toe. Like I'm wearing a bomb ass outfit. I look cute. And then you walk out there and like, hope you find a guy who's like into it. Right. Because if you don't find someone who's into it, you put in all that work, which is money, by the way. Yeah, like yeah. the makeup costs money, the outfit costs money, the shoes cost money, everything costs money. Getting into the club costs money because of house fees. Like right. you literally spend money to look good, spend money to get in the club. Then you walk out there and you're just hoping that somebody is going to be like, yes, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Let me give her some money. Right. And like you still have to find that guy. Most of the time that, di- that dude doesn't come up to you. Like yep. sometimes he does. <laughs> occasionally he does but the most for the most part dudes would like that's like this is like the one context oftentimes that dudes have mm-hmm. where they can expect women to come to them right, right. like i've, I've and been they're that sitting shy in guy. their fucking chair I've, I've waiting for you there. to come to them <laughs> because especially when i first started going i wasn't moving an inch <laughs> i was no, i was literally. shy just you could call it i guess shyness i was shyness nervous, nervousness yeah, yeah, exactly. there's all these beautiful women around trying like, to move oh <laughs> Me, me and one of my oh, me and one of my friends are like, no, you go talk to her. No, you go talk to her. Take this dollar. Just go throw it up there. See what she does. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've literally been the one like talking to dudes. I'm just like, like, I'm not, I'm, I was always like the type of girl, like, I'm not the type of girl. I was like, oh, you have to like me. I'm like up talking to a dude. I'm like, hey, like, how's your night? Blah, blah, blah. Shooting the shit. Maybe I'm taking a little mm-hmm. break, sipping mm-hmm. on a drink. And I'm like, well, well, have you ever been to a club before? He's like, oh, like kind of not really. And I'm just like, well, like do you have a type? Like, has anyone caught your eye? They're like, "Mm, yeah, like this one girl. And I was just like, well, did you tip her on stage when you saw her? And he's like, no. And I was just like, well, how is she going to know you think she's taught? (laughs) Like, that's the main thing. How do you, I was like, how is she going to know you're into it if you just watched her and you didn't give her any indication that you were into what she's doing? Right. Because oftentimes, unless it's like extremely high volume, like, a girl will be like, oh, he tipped me. I'm going to go talk to him when I get off stage in order to, like, make sure that he wants to pay me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, like, like little tips. Little right, tips. Right, right. Let's move on to our second topic. So I want to talk about what is the attraction to pole dancing or stripping? Or why did you start pole dancing or stripping? What, what led you to that? Finances. Almost... Almost 100% across the board finances, I would say. <laughs> okay. All, like, okay. it's literally like you're living your life mm-hmm. and then you come to the conclusion that you are very broke. Um, <laughs> and for me, I knew a girl who had worked at the club that I ended up working at mm-hmm. as my first club. And she had made good money and she had had a good experience and two of my other friends had tried it and it wasn't for them. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try it too. And I started out as a shot girl, but shot girls at this club sold shots and they sold lap dances. Okay, okay. So there was like this huge overlap. And honestly, this, this in stripper culture, like shot girls and bottle service girls being able to sell the same things as strippers is like this huge, big old like drama. Mm. Like as a stripper, I now I'm like, 
if you're not if you're gonna if you can sell lap dances you should be on stage like the rest of us like that's mm. the way i feel uh, but at the time i was new to it i was selling shots doing dances so i was already you already kind of got into it and then i had already said when i got into it i was like if i don't like being a shot girl i'm gonna try dancing was me like i was already kind of like a naked person like i'm way more of a naked person now but i was always just like the type of person who didn't really like wear clothes i don't really feel like modesty is a thing that i have put stock in and i haven't (laughs) i was raised that way but it has never been me so i was like fuck it like if i hate being a shot girl i want to try dancing on stage because like what the hell I made it like two, three weeks as a shot girl and was like, fuck it. I'm going to dance. And I loved it. Like loved it. And like, for me, like I, like I did cheerleading and I like did theater and everything. So I'd loved dancing before. Mm -hmm. And this to me was like such an amazing outlet for like my sexual energy, for my exhibitionism and everything. And it was such an awesome thing to discover a place where you could be a sexual and like dance as sexual, like dance as beautifully and like essentially as you want to without feeling judgment, because that's what people come in expecting. Right. Yeah. So it was a complete change from like school dances where you were getting in trouble for grinding on boys. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like a whole different thing. Um, and I really, really liked it. Um, so for me, it was financial, but it was also like, I feel like I could do this. Okay. So I'm going to try it. Um, I also know people who got into stripping to get themselves out of bad situations where they were living with an abusive boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I know people who got into stripping because they were in college and they were just like, yo, I need the money. I know people who literally like, went to college, got a degree, Mm -hmm. couldn't get a job (laughs) like that paid them well enough to live their lives, Mm -hmm. who then entered the strip club because it paid them so much more for their time, you know, who literally like are walking around and have like multiple degrees, Mm -hmm. but they're in the club because even with multiple degrees, they weren't making enough money doing a nine to five that they could make working a month of like Friday, Saturdays at a strip club. I started because of, you know, people like fierce, like girls like fierce. I would go to strip clubs and I loved strip clubs. I was like going there, paying the girls, looking at the, I would be like looking at them. Like I love the ones that could do the tricks. Cause I was really impressed with that. Mm-hmm. So I would be really, really excited. Cause you know, like, Oh my God, she, she, that girl over there could do tricks. Like i give me my, I give her my money, you know? And then I just started taking classes. Cause I was just like, this is fun, you know? And then I just literally never stopped. And then from there, I started teaching, competing, traveling. I would travel the world and pole dance. And, you know, mm-hmm. I lived overseas and I taught and, and competed over there. And it just right. never stopped. You know, it just becomes, it becomes more of an obsession, though, because it's like we're athletes in that sense. Like pole dancers, like, take it very seriously. Like if you're a baseball player, football player, whatever, hockey, mm-hmm. that becomes like your thing, right? You're super obsessed. Like, right. I mean, I, I look at pole dancers as gymnasts, as athletes. You know, like this will be in the... Um, the uh, gym, uh, we have the Olympics one day. Like it's yeah. guaranteed. Like these, if you go to Russia, mm-hmm. there are like schools of yeah. small children kids, pole, small children that are pole dancing, That's and they crazy. are badass. I mean, they're flexible, so freaking strong, talented, 
men and women, boys and girls. So like I get into these heated conversations like on social media with people because they don't quite understand that the stigma is only really here in that mm -hmm. sense. Like there's a stigma with it when the whole, the whole stripper and like whatever, but it's right. like, that's because it's been created like overseas, like in Russia, it's, there's no stigma. Mm. You know what I mean? Like seeing children on a pole dancing, it's not taboo. You know gotcha. what I mean? It's like, they see that as art, as, as talent, you know? And I've gotten into this huge heated argument with this guy because he was like, he posted this video. He was like, yo, there's this kid right now on this pole. Like, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. this, this is bullshit. Like, what kind, of, what kind of mom lets their kid be on the pole or whatever? And I'm like, the kid was like wearing like a body, like a bathing suit. Right, and it's right. like, and the kid was like going upside down doing all these crazy tricks. It's like, what's the difference between that kid being on like a monkey bars and like doing the fucking same shit? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the stigma is just, it just really annoyed me. And it's like, and I was like, I sent him links. I'm like, go to Russia. Look at where these kids are doing. This is talent. Let's talk about family reactions. So when you first came out to your family as a pole dancer or instructor or stripper, you know, let's talk about their point of views or their acceptance or did they outcast or? Yeah, I mean, um, I, it, when it comes to like pole dancing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I would, I was very much like, I would post it on my social media. Like I would not care. I was very proud. Like, look at me dancing on a pole. Look at this pole trick I just did. Look at this, you know? And so I have like family on my social media and my mom, you know, I would, you know, at the time I was living with my mom and I would put up a pole in the, you know, in my, in my, in the basement there, she's just like, okay. You know, my mom's, you know, from Thailand. So mm -hmm. she's just like, Asian women aren't going to fucking like mention, they're, they're very like coy in a sense. Like she's not going to mention like she like came downstairs, saw the pole and didn't say anything. And like one right. of those, I was like, all right, we're just going to play like that, you know? So, and then like, you know, my family members, you know, like they, they, it took them a little, it wasn't as bad as like, in a sense, like, you know, because for me, like for me, it was a sport for me. It was mm -hmm. something that I enjoyed doing. And I, I taught classes and I would, you know, dance and stuff. So like right. for me, when I would get the point across, like, and I would tell people that they would be like, oh, like, like they would support me. And, but in the beginning, like, I mean, like I have family members in Thailand and like my aunt in Thailand would like, she called me like a go-go dancer. Like she wouldn't understand <laughs> like what I was doing. She was like, why the fuck are you doing this? I was like, I'm like, what? You know? So, I mean, it has that stigma still. And like I said, several people like they did think I was stripping and I, I didn't care. I was like, whatever. I love what I'm doing and I love what I'm posting. So right. if you don't like it, you don't have to follow me. So and for those who don't know, Kimbo is Thai and black. So yes, I'm Blasian. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, so stripping is way more taboo. I would say it's less taboo now. It's becoming more mainstream, which is a help and a hurt in many ways, which we talked about the last time we spoke about this. Right. You can, we'll bring it up later. Um, but when I first started stripping, no one but my friends knew. My friends did know though, because I just, I couldn't have done it without my friends knowing. I know people who legit walk into the club, put on their makeup, put on a wig, become a different bitch and leave. And no one in their life knows at all and like i find that incredibly oh. impressive yeah. i am to far <laughs> too like honest and like open of a person to like live my life like that however i began to realize that as much as i'm an open honest person that telling people you're a stripper often garners a certain type of reaction um people clutching their boyfriends in front of you dude switching from like talking to you like you're a normal person to getting very like 
like sexual with you very quickly sexual or like flirtatious in some way like they go from thinking you're a normal person to thinking you're a whore and then they're like oh well she's probably easy so I don't have to work as hard to be charming because it's probably going to be quick like and you watch that happen like I wish I, I wish I was like I wish that I could say that that had not happened to me on so many freaking occasions but like you literally can like watch like watch someone go from treating you like a human being to treating you like a piece of ass like in front of your eyes um but then my family I eventually told my mom because my mom is nosy and a helicopter parent (laughs) um and when I was moving up to Chicago from Kansas because I took time I like had stripped moved back home, got my shit together for like a year and was saving up to go back up, up there. And I was stripping on the low. And then like, my mom was like, well, how are you going to make money in Chicago? You're trying to go there, blah, blah, blah. And fi- and she was like, cause she knew I'd been a shot girl. And I was, she was like, you're going to end up back at that club again, blah, blah, blah. And I, she was like, you're going to end up on the pole. And I was like, too late, mom. And that's literally <laughs> how, that's literally how I told her. I was just like, Surprise. it's too late. Like I already did it. And then very shortly after that, I had been working at a club in my hometown. Mm-hmm. One of my cousins walked in there. My cousin, like my mom's age cousin. Gotcha. He walked in there. We made eye contact. I wasn't, I was, I was clothed. Thank how, God. How did that go down? <laughs> he walked in, we made eye contact. He turned right back around, walked out, asked the bouncer for his money back. And the bouncer came Uh-oh. out to me and was like, hey, do you know so-and-so? Like, he just asked for his cover back and said, you're like, he's related to you. And I was like, yeah, that's my cousin. He was like, gotcha. And so so then my whole, like, mom's side of the family then knew. Yeah. Because he, like, went on the Lolo and was just like, don't go to that club. She works there. Don't go. Like, on some, like, like the men, like, all the men in the house, the family, he was like, hey, just so y'all know, our cousin works there. We can't go there. <laughs> Good looking out. Um, no, right. literally. But then, like all the all the people in my family, uh, like everyone who was in my immediate family on my mom's side of the family, found out my mom and my dad never got married, so our families are very separate in that way. Mm-hmm. So it and like it didn't have a problem. My mom had some issues at first, and there was one point where my mom was like, "Oh, honey, like you know, like me and your dad will help like pay for you to go back to school, and like we'll like help you get an apartment." Blah blah blah. And I was like, mom, you don't understand. Even if I were back in school or like working like a regular job, I would still strip because I like to do it. And that's like kind of got like kind of what got through to her. Mm-hmm. And she had a very close friend like from college who had been a stripper. So she had like that insight. Her friend had actually put <laughs> put a bug in her ear and had been like, oh, she said she's a shot girl. All the girls who shot girl end up on the pole, and, like, <laughs> which is true. Okay. <laughs> it's true she wasn't lying but so my mom like my mom and I have like a really good rapport and my mom knows about me doing sex work because like we just have like a relationship in which like if I keep that from her she will notice and like my honesty is way easier than lying to her mm-hmm. or lying by omission um my dad's side of the family is way 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 more religious um I my siblings mostly know and my dad figured it out because he's not stupid (laughs) like I would have customers be like well does your family know and I was like 
my mom knows my dad like my dad knows better than to ask because he is a smart man and smart people don't ask questions they don't want answers to okay and finally like a year and a half ago my dad like sat me down and he was like why do you think that taking your clothes off for money is your calling in life and I was just like well (laughs) and we ended up having a candid conversation and he like absolutely was just like you know I just think you could do something better with your life I think you have so much talent you're so smart like I feel like you should you could be doing something better and I was just like I'm happy this way I am making good money I'm taking care of myself like I'm living in the city I love I'm able to travel I'm like even though you don't like what I'm doing, can you understand why I'm doing it? Given the fact that I'm your daughter and we're very similar people, can you understand like why I'm comfortable where I am? And so we came to a thing and he was just like, you know, I love you and I'm proud of you no matter what you do. So overall, my familial familial reaction was like very, very good in comparison to like the horror stories I've heard. I will say that my more religious side of the family, my dad's side of the family does not know Okay. That ah, I stripped okay. because it is not a thing that my, like my grandparents would not enjoy hearing that information. It would be very disappointing to them. Mm-hmm. They, they would still love me. Here's the thing. Like, I know that I would still be loved. I have that security in my right. family that they would still love me. But my grandma is just like, both my gram- grandmas are pearl clutchers, clutchers, both of them, like okay. <laughs> one more so than the other, but like both of my grandmas are really like very prim and pot proper, like older conservative black women. <laughs> gotcha. So it's not like a thing. It's not a thing at all. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you ladies. Um, let's talk about the benefits from pole dancing slash stripping. What, what's, what's the benefits from pole dancing or stripping and the differences in, in income Kimbo? What about you? What, what's the benefits of pole dancing for you? Yeah. I mean, when pole, like when I found pole dancing, um, that like a lot of, so what attracts girls to pole dancing? I feel like, um, a lot of the times, like we'll get a lot of girls that are going through a breakup. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're feeling really like, you know, just really like down on about themselves and their confidence and like their bodies or their, like they're overweight, Um, and they want to just like work out. They want to like lose weight, you know, but they want to do it in a fun way, you know? So just like that, you know, I, you know, was towards the end of a relationship, wasn't really satisfying me anymore. I was kind of feeling down. And then that's when I like, like, I found like a group on, I was like, you know what, let me just try this. Like, I love strippers. I love what they do on the pole. Let me see if I can do it too. And so that's kind of like how I started to like fall into it. And then I just started going to classes and then yeah, it just became like an obsession. I just like never stopped. Um, but then like the benefits to it are just like, obviously, you know, you're on the pole. I mean, whenever I was teaching classes and like teaching classes dance wise, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's like two different types of pole dancing classes, right? So they're like, there's one where there's like choreographed routines, like you do an actual like dance routine, but it's on a pole and like with the heels on or whatever. And then there was classes where it was like pole tricks, meaning like the class was more, um, based off of like just learning the specific tricks, you know, that we, we learn and like okay. focusing on that. And that's when I would go around the room and spot people like, okay, we're going to learn this trick now. Let me just go and spot you. So like, regardless, I'm like burning over a thousand calories mm-hmm. in less than an hour. You know what I mean? So like that right there is a huge incentive. You know, I lost a bunch of weight. I was like in the best shape of my life when I was competing for, when I was doing competitions. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was at the studio 
five days out of the week and I would run my routine like three to five times. And like, that's like a three minute routine. Mm -hmm. So you're constantly doing all these crazy tricks for three minutes. And I'm doing this over and over again. Like I, I got into the best shape of my entire fucking life, you know? Oh. So it was really therapeutic in that sense. And when I was living in Australia and I was training and I was competing, my father passed away. So that was super fucking hard, you know, to like have to deal with me being miles and miles and miles away from my family. And then to, you know what I mean? Like have that missing piece of me. I had to fly back home and like be with my family. But honestly, I don't think I could have even got through that death in the family if it wasn't for pole. Like that literally was my therapy. Like I would go, I would be in the studio. I was like living in the studio. Mm -hmm. Like that became my therapy. Like I was dancing my heart away. I was going there. I would train from life for like hours, you know? So, um, and yeah, like you form friendships, you know, you form bonds with people. You know, I met some really awesome people that like overseas that I'm still friends with to this day, you know? So it's just something that became a huge part of my life, you know? Um, but I, with anything, with anything, there's, there needs to be balance. Right. So it's just like, yeah, like I would, I, I I found balance when it came to pole dancing because it gave me the therapy that I needed and and it was an outlet that I needed to showcase my, express myself, get exercise, be sexy, Mm -hmm. get my confidence back as a woman and, you know, yeah. Be, yeah, so be hot as fuck. So it's definitely, that's kind of why I loved it. It's, it's more of a mental release as well. So I can see that. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you the joy really you get. get the, the joy you get when, like, you're, like, looking at all these tricks and, like, you're like, oh, my God, let me see if I can do that. And then, like, to be able to, like, do it yourself and, like, it's just, like, the feeling is just, like, unbelievable. You right. know what I'm saying? When I, the, first, the feeling... Right. The feeling of you going upside down on the pole for the first time, the feeling of your first shoulder mount, you know, where you go, you use the pole as like a brace to like go up and like you have the pole on your shoulder. It's called a shoulder mount, meaning like you have the pole digging into your shoulder and you're going upside down. So these are just moves. They have their names, but (laughs) they all take an immensely amount of like strength and strength. Like once you do that, once you're able to accomplish Mm -hmm. that, like you feel fucking amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like I did that shit. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, the benefits are right there. Um, so one big benefit for me, uh, stripping made me into the person I am today for sure. Um, there's just a certain level of confidence in myself and my abilities, um, that stripping gave me that like, I didn't really have many other jobs that I'd had previously. Like before stripping, I had been retail. Um, and retail is sales. Um, it was a job I was very good at. I like to organize. I'm good at selling things. <laughs> I have a very an- analytical brain, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then stripping was a way, was like a better outlet for like a lot of things for me. And it also like built a lot of like long lasting friendships. Also, like I'm not really friends with anyone I used to work in retail with, Mm -hmm. but I can count like most of my closest friends are people I've stripped with. Um, just because like there's a certain sisterhood that exists when you and your friends work in the club together and you deal with the same shit and you're putting up with like 
asshole dudes to try and make your money. And like, sometimes you get to make money with your friends. Sometimes you don't, but like you guys get to commiserate. And so like, there's a certain bond you can really get. That's like a baseline. And I got lucky. And my first club was more of a sisterhood than like caddy. There was definitely still drama, but like people weren't outright bitchy to strangers there. Like they're like you see in some clubs, some clubs are like girls are fighting in the dressing room. It's a whole thing. Um, so the benefit for me was like being like, wow, like I have like a, like a work environment that I really enjoy for the most part, Mm -hmm. like a creative outlet friends that I'm really close to who get my life, who also live on the same schedule as me. There's a stripper schedule. It's fully nocturnal. Yeah. Like, And as an insomniac, it worked for me. (laughs) As an insomniac, I was like, oh, bet. Like, staying up till 3 a.m.? I do that all the time. Now I can get paid to do it? Cool. So I just ended up finding myself, like, finding myself. I ended up, like, finding myself in many ways. I I found out a lot about me and what I want out of life and what's important to me because I started stripping. So I that would be the benefit to me. Um, it gave me a lot of the confidence to be who I am because in a strip club, like you go in there and there's so many people, you know, who are going to see you and might nitpick what you're doing or what you're wearing or how you look and being able to like, know you're experiencing that and still be like, I'm fine though. Like I'm going to make money. I'm going to get lit. I can do this. It made it really easy for, I gained the skill of being able to channel like negative emotions into my hustle. Like some of my best money nights, I went into the club mad as hell. (laughs) Some of my best money nights, I had like a bad fucking day and I was irritated as hell. And I was just like, if I'm going to sit at home, I'm going to like be stewing. So I'm going to go into the club and like work off this energy. Let's, Let's move on to our fifth topic. Our fifth point. So we want to discuss the difference between pole dancing and stripping and just talk about, you know, come, approaching it as a businesswoman. You know, what, what's the difference between the two? Um, so obviously we already kind of meant, we mentioned this earlier that like the different, the main difference between pole dancing and stripping is pole dancing. You pay to learn versus stripping. You get paid by doing it. Like, that's the main thing is, like, paying versus making money. One's a job. One's, like, one's, like, I mean, it's essentially, like, you pay a pole studio the same way you would pay a gym. Mm-hmm. They are pole gyms, essentially. So you, yeah, like, uh-huh. get a membership or you pay for classes or things like that right. versus going into the club where you also do pay money, but you pay that money to the club to rent it, kind of like how people rent booths when they're, like, barbers or, like, uh, hairdressers. Akimbo, did you charge rent or did you have others pay for your sessions? So did you did you own a booth, Kimbo, or did you just teach through somebody else's? So studio? no, yeah. So in the beginning, when I first started pole dancing, I was a paying student. So I used to I would pay for classes, mm-hmm. take classes, you know, things like that. It was a form of like you know, it was a form of like working out and like my gym essentially, mm-hmm. um, which is what she just, which is what Fierce said. But then. Um, you know, shortly after I, you know, when I got good enough, I started to teach. So when I started to teach, then yeah, I don't pay for the studio time or anything. I'm, I'm getting paid. 
So I was teaching classes and I was getting paid. I'm in no way getting paid as much as Fierce is, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I was just getting paid like, you know, per class, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I was only teaching one class a week, that's all the money I got, you know, from right. teaching that one class. So, um, and then of course girls could book me for privates and things like that. And those paid a little bit more and that was per hour. Um, but yeah, essentially, you know, when it comes to pole, and that's the thing is like some girls, some of the, some of the dancers, some of the strippers would go to the studio and pay for classes to ta- to teach or f- to learn from me, you know, but in a sense, it's like, you know, obviously I'm at a studio. There's no men here. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to come here to learn how to be a stripper, you know, the best way to do it is to just go to the club, you know, right. and be there and be in the environment because it's in, and especially if you're at a club where it's not one of those entertainment clubs, right. meaning like it's not a club where they want like, if, if there's clubs where there's more like it's about the lap dances, it's not about what you can do in the pole. But then there are the clubs like the ones like, you know, King of Diamonds and things like that in the South that are all about the entertainment, right? Like, oh, the tricks on the pole and things like that. But even so, those girls are still, you know, having they're still going and like giving lap dances and things like that for money, too. You know, so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's in a sense. But like there's like this huge stigma in this in the community when it comes to like with some some of the dancer some of the strippers and some of the pole dancers mm-hmm. um whereas like i i'm not a part of it in a sense like i'm not i don't i think it's fucking stupid you know the fact that a lot of some pole dancers are like offended that they're like being su- seen as a stripper and you're dancing on a fucking pole it's like relax you know or like that there's like a whole movement called like not a stripper hashtag not a stripper or hashtag some shit. not a stripper right which i think is fucking stupid it's like I'm always going to pay homage to why I got into doing it. Like I went to the strip club and I loved the girls that were doing the pole, the, stri- the dance, the tricks on the pole. So yeah, that inspired me to do it myself. You know, I didn't go the route of becoming a stripper myself. You know what I'm saying? But right. that's not like, you know, that's not always the case. But the thing is like, people don't realize that with pole dancing, there's like three types of it, right? Okay. In the world of pole dancing, there is the artistic side. So like, think about like a ballerina, you know, like on the pole, right? There's like literally a lot of, pole, a lot of pole dancers are ballerinas, you know, and you can tell the really flexible ones, the ones that have the pointed toes, things like that. And then you have the, um, the sexy side, right? That's the more sensual, sexy, exotic floor work, so, so to speak. So that's a lot of the girls are wearing the fucking high heels, you know, they're wearing the scantily clad clothing and they're shaking their booties and things like that, you know, but then there's also the strength side, right? And there's a, that, the, the, the pole tricks that's focuses more on the pole tricks in itself and how powerful you are, how strong you are. Um, like Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger has this like pole competition. He has like a, like a, I don't know. It's like a trade show that goes all around the world and he has its own, it's like a fitness based, um, convention or whatever. Hmm. It's called Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then, so basically there is a pole competition in that, in that category or whatever. And it's purely based off of like your strength and like how, like how strong you are, you know, cause these bitches are strong. Like pole dancers are fucking strong. You know, the fact that you can like hold your own body, what you can go upside down, you can hold these positions, you know, like that takes a lot of strength, you know? Gotcha. Wow. So, um, so yeah, when it comes to the big differences, you know, in a sense, it's like, that's, that's it. But I just, I hate that there's like this, like, taboo in a sense of like you know oh well don't call me i'm a pole dancer i'm not a stripper like like you know like oh like some girls get so offended by that mm-hmm. and it's like for me i'm like i'm not i'm not offended i'm fucking complimented you know what i'm saying i'm not <laughs> a stripper but like that i'm on the pole so like you know i'm not gonna feel offended by that at all and then there's some you know like our you know there's some strippers that are like you know they they feel away or they they feel like 
the pole dancers are like, you know, not paying homage or not being respectful to where it came from, you know, and they're talking shit to the girls that are on their, you know, on their, on the polls and they're making money. It's like, yeah, well, you know what I mean? Like, this is like dead ass. I would have all these girls like, you know, hire me for privates and this bitch is about to go to work and make 4,000 times much as me. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there'd be so many times where I would have my girls come and take my class. Like, oh, girl, Kim, I just made $2,000 last night. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. Okay, well, I made $20, so that's great. You know, like, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And it gets you fucked up. But then, I, then at the, but then at the end of the day, you're remembering, like, I remember always, like, these girls are working really, really hard, you know, right. and it takes a certain type of woman and a strong woman that can handle that type of work. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always like, girl, make your money. I'm shit. I wish I would. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, um, Fierce and Kimbo, we have hit our time limit, ladies. Yes. So this was a great conversation yes. and I have learned too much. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned everything I needed to know. I'll, say, I'll put it like that. That's better. I've mm-hmm. learned, learned plenty. Um, so last thing. Okay, you all wanted to, to choose my stripper name before we left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick with Big Daddy Big Daddy Dallas because okay. I feel like that's okay. sexy and like, ooh, here comes D-D-D. Big Daddy. Yes! Big Daddy Dallas in the building. Big Daddy Dallas. Okay. Your big daddy Dallas, it's specific to you. Uh, it, it's just it like I can just known. hear I can hear the DJ now. It's like and coming to the state. Big Daddy Dallas, ladies and gentlemen, get oh, your nice. tips out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Chase, so much thank for like inviting thank us. Thank you to for having show. us. Can I just give a little uh, shout out if that's okay? Yeah, Is this the um, time to do my little plug yeah, as well? Do your plug. So, Kimbo, do your plug first and then uh, Fierce, you do your plug last. Yes. So, it's your girl, Kimbo, aka She Bangs, aka Mother of Georgie, aka. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't have my AKAs ready. I'll have to do that some other time. Rolling on it. No, so yeah, my name is Kimbo. Um, I do have my own podcast as well. Um, my co- podcast is Kimboology Podcast. Um, and you can find me on all social, like on the platforms of podcasting, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you know, Overcast, all that shit. Um, yeah, my podcast uh, is really dope because I, it's just a bunch of shit that I like to talk about. So <laughs> it's super random at the moment. Um, and yeah, it's going to be, I do have the weekly segments like sexy sustainability because I am really passionate about saving the planet. And I do have uh, a weekly segment called meditate, masturbate and medicate as well. Um, so use your imagination on what the thing we're going to talk about so yeah um i have guests on my show as well um i'm sure fierce is going to be on my show quite soon because um yeah me and her i i love like our dynamic in that sense too and like we have a lot to we we can talk way more about poland stripping and all that fun stuff too um but yeah follow me on on instagram or um listen to the podcast you can also email me at kimboologypodcast at gmail.com i'm on twitter TikTok, um, all through Kimboology podcast. Um, yeah, so that's that's a little bit about me. All right. Um, uh, so I also have a podcast. Um, it is currently only on SoundCloud. It is SoundCloud. It is Pay to Play podcast, 
it is actually, I do believe it comes up as pay to play pod. Um, and I have that with another sex worker that is a friend of mine. We host it together. Um, and my socials are, I mostly use Twitter and Instagram. They are both that bitch fierce. And you can check me out and come say hello. I'm definitely totally trying to get on Kimbology and be on that podcast live with her and also get back yes. and doing my own podcast. Yes, yeah, but I love I love her podcast. Yeah, I love Fierce's podcast too. All right. That's dope. Mm-hmm. And for myself, um, once again, my name is Chase Jackson. You can follow me on Facebook just under my name, Chase Jackson, or you can follow the show under Black Mind Chronicles on Facebook and Instagram, or on Twitter at Chronicles Black. And you can email the show at blackmindch at gmail and send in your questions or stories that you want covered. Because this is a podcast, not just for me, but for all of us. So if there's some topics that you all want covered in the U.S. or internationally, let me know. Yes. Right. Thank you so much, Chase. All right, ladies. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, there you go, guys. That was the bonus episode with Black Mind Chronicles. I really hope you guys enjoy it. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Kimbo out. Brought to you by the Rick Dog Network. Well, shoot the damn dog.